K-A-T-S-Y. I don't know why I'm singing. I'm not the one who was late. Uh, no, wait. I am the one who was late. You should be singing. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Hi. Uh, this I'm... is Daniel. Hello, everyone. Uh, in case you needed to remember the sound of my voice versus the sound of Sam's voice. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I should subtly... No, we don't have similar voices at all. I was going to say, maybe I should subtly pan like left, right in in headphones where our voices are so there's further differentiation that sounds like work yeah it's not that much work uh, uh i'm also testing right now to the masses i guess this feature has, has been out for a while but instagram has finally allowed custom live stream software to uh integrate with with instagram so you can just pop in they give you an it's called an rtmps like streaming url and uh, yeah, you can just pop it into Riverside, and we could, in theory, go live with these when, <laughs> and then release them on our regular schedule. But just like every time we record, that we sounds just broadcast. super dangerous. And I can't wait to try <laughs> it, it out. Uh, yeah, the thing is, I don't know how to uh, like say, okay, go live now on our recording platform, Riverside FM. I entered all the, the data, the keys and such, but there's no giant... I would think there would be a go live button. But maybe because I'm already recording, it just doesn't allow it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this is something we're going to solve and or decide to use today, but I am excited for our future usage. Today is uh, Monday, which is the day before we release. We usually record uh, the weekend before, and I screwed up we, 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 <laughs> so we. let's try extra hard today to not have too many ums and ahs and awkward gaps so i can edit this thing real quick and get it turned around um yes i shan't be umming today i shall be speaking clearly and enunciating with no problems uh we finally had a lovely meal out and on um, painted the town red was the phrase that is that is a phrase that used to exist. We can bring it back. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I was a little, I was a little too hungover to record at our normal time, and that's on me. I should not have gotten the extra, the extra wine pairing uh, <laughs> that I did, uh, but I did. And here we Sneak are. Up on you, yeah. And then uh, Sam had a minor run-in with uh, some lasagna, so we were not able to record. <laughs> This weekend and do not recommend the wedding vendor lasagna yes it's uh you know it sucked i ate like a nice healthy portion of this lasagna and then they were like oh we have extra plates from the guests would you like this filet mignon <laughs> damn it uh so not only did i miss out on having the filet but also yeah got some lovely i think they had some fake meat in there i don't know if it was like beyond or whatever but i don't know anytime there's vegan style like substitute type food uh it's never it never i always get like sick and nauseous i don't know what Pea it is protein. it's like my body rejects healthiness yeah you can't handle it you must you should have st stuck around for the filet uh never so we have about the same because because uh we are on a tight schedule and because uh we're pretty tired and a lot's going on we took the easy route this week and uh this week we are doing a Q and A episode. I got a lot of questions. Did Whoa. you get a lot of questions? I got a I got a good number. I was late posting it. I didn't do it till like last night, but I got at least ten 
to go through. I don't know if they're all good. I haven't read them all, but there were some interesting questions. So we can we can start with yours if you'd like. That's fine. I mean, we can alternate. You know, we can we can go back and forth. Uh, uh, <laughs> not doing so well on this um thing. All right, let me pull mine up. I was reading. <laughs> I was trying to read. I was pulling up a. I was pulling up an information. All right, here here's a here's a simple one for you, Sam. Uh, we we are rolling in hot with an easy breezy, Sam heard only question. Uh, Kyle would like to know, Sam, how many photos do you deliver for a wedding? Yeah, it's a scary accurate average. It's very. It's almost to the number 100 images per hour that i shoot uh and then that also translates to um sessions like engagement sessions uh it's typically about 150 images and the session is about an hour and a half long so that is it i've oscillated between like the core number of images i I start with like the, the number of photos i take uh that aren't necessarily delivered um i've oscillated between up to 8,000. So like a thousand per hour average more recently back down to like 4,000. I've, I've forced myself to rein in the, um, you know, full frame frames rate. per second. Yes. The, the hold frame down rate. button. That's for sports. You know, I you love it once I get in going. Yeah, it is for sports. It's you're right. But I like, I just like having the, the fluid responsiveness of just, but here's the thing. Uh, I really love, really 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 was impressed with the nikon z9 which is their kind of flagship mirrorless camera and it only shoots in silent mode with uh and then you can have like a fake sound effect so i've been trying to see if i can get because my camera also does just pure silent shooting but the only indication of a photo being made is a white square around the the edge so i'm when i've tried that pure silent shooting with uh, the high frames per second i it's like way way too many images i have no sense of stuff so i switched it to doing single shot so it's only taking photos every time i hit the shutter and that allows me a lot more control over exactly when the moment is happening since i get no audio feedback and the uh, average frames now is closer to about four thousand, which is what i took back in my dslr days but yeah from that no matter if i'm starting from four thousand or eight thousand the delivery is almost always the same about a hundred per you know about 800 in a full wedding calorie so you, you shoot for a full eight hours per wedding, give or take, like that's your average package. It's oh, yeah. like, hey, show up. Yeah. I do a lot of South Asian weddings. Those typically are more like 12 to 15 hours, but yeah. Hell yeah. That's one down. Here's one. Oh, God. Uh, this me? will be... I, I'm going to answer this question for myself first, okay, and then great. Sam can answer this. Uh, <laughs> Amanda would like to know... Uh, how do you do photo storage? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so my answer is poorly. Um, <laughs> I have had a uh, Western Digital or uh, SanDisk something or other attached to my computer since the edge of time. Hmm. And it has never um, it has never failed me until it has. And then, uh, you know, oopsie-daisy, there went a couple of years worth of images because I'm not a professional These shooter. Were spinning so. drives? Like old school? Yeah, old school spinners. Yeah, yeah I lost like 2009 to 2012. 
uh, and then I accidentally deleted a 2000, like the last month of 2014 once somewhere. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, so I've consolidated down to a couple of SSDs, solid state drives, baby. Uh, and Never had one of those that. fail. I, I, I need to, yeah, I, I specifically very much need to do better now because I care a lot more about my photography. I'm making a lot more intentional images and a lot better work. And while I'm continuing to borrow Sam's 102 megapixel GFX 100S by Fujifilm, I, I run out of space already. I'm like, yeah, that's the trade off with SSD. They're more expensive. And so, yeah, people don't have as large of, of ones. Okay. So that's it. You just have a couple of SSDs floating yeah, around. It's, and poor, it's, it's, it's poorly done. I need to consolidate and then I need to get a, um, offsite like black blaze, uh, back blaze, uh, black blaze, friend of the show and future sponsor <laughs> <laughs> friend of the show. Hey, bank hey, blaze. Uh, sponsorships. we love you. Uh, give us free storage in exchange for an interview. Uh, we, we would like to keep our quid pro quos. That's a hard word to say. Quo? It's yeah, not, I mean, it's not our language anymore. That's, that's Latin. I'm, <laughs> I, I speak English, not Latin. That I don't even speak English that well. In high school, uh, I never took any language other than Latin. But it's I would not. like, I would like it, I would like to be very upfront. If we, uh, if we ever have someone on from Backblaze, it'll be because they gave us $14 a month worth of free storage. <laughs> no, it's anyway, so that's how I. That's how I do it. Uh, poorly, badly. Do not be like me. Be, but also maybe don't be like Sam because I've I've seen Sam's storage situation. It might be. Um, I would describe it as extreme. Sam, how would you describe <laughs> it? Yeah, okay, yeah. I was gonna say this is not a bad thing. It's good to be extreme. I of, often try and put myself in the in the mindset of how much money would I be willing to pay if I lost someone's entire wedding set of wedding photos? Like how much money would I be willing to pay to recover those images? Uh, and the answer is quite a lot. I mean, I don't even All know a, a, a lot of money, way more than they paid to, to hire me to shoot it. So yeah, I do, uh, essentially, well, one of the, the, Okay, let's start with the organization side because that's where a lot of people mess up. One of my favorite features about Lightroom Classic, especially compared to the, the new Lightroom, like the, their cloud, whatever app, is the uh, file management. Like being that you get your entire hierarchy, and I'm just cleaning my lenses up here, by the way, as I talk about all this. Being that you get the entire like hierarchy of your folders uh, that you've imported into Lightroom that essentially just act as pointers to where they actually exist on your computer, like in Finder, um, that makes it actually, I think, really easy as long as you understand what's what how that relationship works uh, between what Lightroom is looking at and where they exist on your computer. That makes it very easy to manage and keep track of all your folders. So, rule number one for me is keep everything in dated folders. So everything gets imported into a 2023 folder, and then within that, it's. April 24th, 2023, April 25th, 2000. And any, I mean, I generally only shoot one event per day, so that makes it pretty straightforward. But even if you did happen to shoot more than one event in a day, just use the same structure of dated folders and add like a dash two to the second event or a dash three. Like that, that keeps it easy. Now, to find stuff uh, aside from the date, like if you wanted to use client names or something like that, I import 
uh, with keywords in the metadata. So I type in the client's name and information and any like venue details and stuff like that in the keyword thing. So I can just search, do a global search in my Lightroom catalog for their name or for the venue name or something like that and find it very easily. And that's only if I don't remember the actual date, which is usually you know, pretty easy to find on my Google Calendar. Okay, so that's like rule number one, is just being really familiar with where your folders are and really, really consistent with how they're organized. The other big rule, and Lightroom makes this very easy, is to rename all of my file names with basically the timestamp of when the image was made. So every file name gets rewritten to the year, month, day, hour, minute, second that it was photographed. Uh, the reason that's really, really helpful, I don't know if this is still the case, but it certainly was back when I shot Nikon DSLRs. If you have like say one Lightroom catalog per year or even a bunch of Lightroom catalogs and just folders of raw files, the Nikon cameras, uh, and I'm pretty sure all cameras actually, uh, they like roll back to the start. So like the naming scheme might be DSC0001, but once it gets to 9,999, it rolls back to 0001 again. And now you are importing, yeah, it might be in a different folder, but somewhere on your computer exists the exact same file names. That's a recipe for disaster, absolute disaster. And then if you shoot, you know, really high volume stuff like, like weddings, you're talking about maybe a dozen across just one year of the exact same file names. Uh, even if they're in different folders, that's just a bad recipe. So I import with the, the timestamp. And uh, that's also really nice because any other services you might send stuff to, or if clients download the, the you know, batch zip, it's really easy for them to sort in the correct chronological order, always, without anything uh, really needing to be changed from them. So that is that's also extremely important. That's, yeah. a, that's a winner number. Step two is a winner tip. Love that. On yeah. to step three. And and you can create a, a template for, I know you're like, we got to. Well, like we haven't even gotten to the part where you're storing the photos. Okay. Let me, but, but this is why it's like just putting it on a drive is not going to help you if you can't find or know where and how to like move crap. Okay. But, but just to, um, all right, moving on. So I manage uh, my uh, one of my best purchases ever. People don't know what I mean until they do it themselves, and it's very expensive. So I might be the only person that has the eight terabyte internal SSD <laughs> on my on my MacBook Pro. I import everything directly to my internal laptop drive now. It's an eight terabyte SSD, so I'm never going to run out of space within a year of shooting. And uh, I also, at the same time, import to a second external RAID array. So uh, Lightroom lets you make a second copy right in the import dialog window, and that's where that duplication uh, takes place for me. So I import one set to a data folder locally. Exact same time that that's being imported, another set is being copied over to uh, my external RAID array, which is a RAID 5, uh, which is a huge you know, many terabytes but raid is essentially one enclosure shows up as one drive on your computer desktop but it actually has eight hard drives in the enclosure and just using software it's a software raid they also make hardware raids i recommend software uh it prop it like distributes the data in little slices across all of these drives so if any one drive in that enclosure fails nothing nothing is lost uh all you have to do is pop that drive out pop in a new one and you're good to go if two drives fail, 
you're screwed just like normal. <laughs> uh, there are ways to set up raids <laughs> in, a, in a really fancy way to where you can lose more than just one drive if you're really paranoid, but that's it. Uh, I also render smart previews. So that's a really easy way if you can't afford a really expensive drive or something like that. Smart previews are low resolution raw files, but they're still 2,500 pixels wide. So if you can render smart previews, if you had lost all of your raw files, uh, you can still export from a smart preview, and that's a very printable file. Uh, and you could up-res that using all the various AI, like uh, there's a letsenhance.io is a great website to up upsize files. Uh, Lightroom also has it built in. I think it's called Smart Enhance, uh, where they, uh, yeah, they just, they can like quadruple the, the resolution size for huge prints. That's worst case scenario. But you can back up your smart previews to the cloud because an entire wedding of thousands of photos will be about, I don't know, 800 megabytes. So yeah, there's a lot more we can talk about, but I'll, I'll leave it there. You should be rendering smart previews also because you get a huge performance boost when you're actually editing in Lightroom. Because they're Is that why the GFX files are wrecking my Lightroom? Because I'm not using smart preview. So oh, I'm just editing a yep. 12,000 pixel. So photo. that's a great example when like it's maybe easier to realize when you have such an extreme uh, difference. It will, uh, if you, it, it'll take a minute, you know, it'll take a while to render the smart preview files, but once it's done, it's done. You don't have to worry about it. And yeah, Lightroom smartly will point to the lower resolution smart preview uh, render while you're editing. But if you export, and as long as you have your raw files connected, it will automatically pull from the full res raw file. So you don't have to do anything fancy with like telling it as long as your raw files are connected if they're not connected it'll still let you export and it doesn't even give you a warning and i've accidentally delivered a few <laughs> client galleries before realizing oh crap i exported from the smart previews because i didn't have my raw files connected uh but again those will only be 2500 pixels so yeah good in a, in a worst case scenario way better than a jpeg so okay way better than a jpeg everything's better than a jpeg if there's one thing you can take away from sam and i's combined industry knowledge anything is better than a jpeg <laughs> uh <laughs> well, jpeg, and JPEG. i got a, i got a couple of uh quick glass ones that i'm okay. gonna just hit that are glass specific how can i get the first year of glass for 1999 well thank you for asking that uh rob i would love to give it to you right now go to glass.photo slash offer slash sam that's, uh, there you go. Oh, okay. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Class, glass.photo slash offer slash Sam. Get my S -A -M. Um, URL. Sam. That's great. Yeah. I gave that, I gave that to Sam, uh, like a year and a half ago when I was trying to become friends with Sam so I could, uh, use, you know, get him to share glass and stuff. And then instead of that working, uh, we just became real life friends and now we're just here talking to you on the internet. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care about your discount okay. code, Sam. This is <laughs> I don't either. I'm so bad about those links. Oh my God. That's, All right. That's fine. Next glass question. Next glass question. Uh, <laughs> is it too far fetched to ask for multiple picks in a post? It is too far fetched to ask for that. Oh. I, it's not. Yeah. Uh, we, we will support that at some point. It's a very complex engineering problem. Uh, Instagram did a mediocre job of it when they implemented it forever ago. And we are trying to avoid some of they're, their mistakes. They're referring to like a, a carousel post, right? Of, yeah. Of yeah. So like multiple, multiple images per a single post. 
is is the ask, and it's a thing we're going to support. Uh, it's going to be called series. That's my ooh, that's I like my it. little my little secret. My little sprinkle in little secrets. It's going to be called series. It's good. Uh, we're also, and this is like, whoo! I can't actually, I can't talk about this. I. Mm. Tom has this really fun idea that attaches uh, multiple photos per post to other photos, maybe. I don't know. It's complex. Multiple photos. Uh, oh, so got, I see, I see. We got, some, okay. we got some fun ideas here. We'll see how they play out. But because of those fun ideas and because there were only three people, it takes time for these fun ideas to come to life. All good. Uh, you I'm guys still seem to for have my fun idea with the photo challenge, <laughs> an entire second I, side of the app that could be its own app in glass. <laughs> I want, I want that to exist. Challenges are going to exist at some point. Like we're going to give you achievements for existing. I call it mentally. I call it a glass single player mode where you're, <laughs> where you're, I can see you why know. you work in marketing. Yeah, that's the, you know, if you know, if, if you're joining the photo community, but you don't actually want to join the community, you just want to have an Single app tell you, it. you did a good job. I'm going to do that for you next, next year. That part's not coming until next year. <coughs> All right. Uh, and then final glass one, uh, you guys seem to have features planned for a year plus, but keep quiet. Wouldn't a rough timeline potentially attract more members or consider letting us current members know that exists? Uh, feedback.glass.photo and you will see uh, a lot of our planned roadmap current things. I updated it today uh, because today we released a new feature set uh, for customizing your profile. You can now pin photos to your profile and you can hide photos from your profile. Got a weird photo that you're like, man, I don't know if this works. Post it to class anyway, and then hide it from your public profile. That way, when you're showing off your profile to your mom or a potential client, I show it off to my mom. If I'm being honest, my mom literally like will pull up in my glass profile and be like, "Damn, look at Daniel go," which is adorable. <laughs> Wait, does she comment and interact with stuff? Because no, know. she doesn't have an account. My dad has an account, but he doesn't use it. Uh, Papa Ag, I know you're not listening because you don't listen to podcasts and you respect boundaries or whatever. But if you are. Post a class. You're a pretty good photographer. You could be better. You know who could make you better? The glass community. So you can hide photos or you can pin photos. You know, uh, a common thing that happens when someone joins glasses, they post their favorite photos. And then they keep posting photos and suddenly their favorite photos are at the bottom of their profile. So now, right. problem yeah, solved. Just pin it to the top. Can you pin more than one thing? You can pin as many things as you want. Uh, oh, it easy. will... It effectively creates two profiles in your profile. The the it is sure. via chronological. So if you pin something from eight months ago and two months ago, the two month ago photo will show up above the eight month. Organizing those incredibly hard. Telling them to take anything that's just pinned and push it to the top, easy breezy. So uh, more okay. profile curation is coming in the future. When will that future be? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can't tell the future. That was uh, our handful of uh, glass-specific questions. I'm assuming you didn't get any glass-specific questions. In your I did not. Let me, let me sprinkle in some of mine. Hit me. <clears throat> do, 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 do. Make sure to pick one uh, that I can answer intelligently. That would be great for me. Okay. I know the Best majority of these questions are like specific to you. <laughs> 
Well, or weddings. So best new wedding day hack to reduce hassle even more. I have a great answer for this. Um, Coffee. Coffee's my answer. That's nice. There's an app (laughs) called AnyText. (laughs) There's an app called AnyText, okay? This is wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something right now. So uh, because of the new iPhone home screen, where you can have widgets on your your home screen, there's an app called AnyText that lets you create I think up to like nine different widgets that literally you can just put any text in there. So widget two, which I've added to my home screen, uh, I before any any wedding day now, uh, just add the client's names. So Maggie and Aaron, that was the last wedding I photographed. There's now a widget I've added from any text to my home screen and the text of their name is right there on on my home screen. Oh, that is actually really great. Yep. And then like you can, here's another widget with another series of texts for like easy reminders. And what's cool, you just like tap into it, boop. And then any extra text that I've we'll show so beautifully yeah. added. I don't even have to hit save or anything. I just get to like stop and scroll back and boom, there it is. So any text is a wonderful widget if you're bad at names like I am. And I actually, I just now thought I should uh, see if they have, they might have a uh, complication, which is what they Ooh, call them. So the you Apple can have watch. them on your watch. Yeah. I love that. Uh, what other, what other fun <laughs> ways to reduce hassle are there? Besides oh. coffee and any text. Having a questionnaire filled out is a big deal. Uh, I've shared my questionnaire many times because uh, it's evolved over the years on, on my Patreon. But I make sure and send that about six weeks out to the clients. I stress that I don't want this to feel like homework. So if a question, and I send the same thing to every wedding, question does not apply to you. Uh, what is going on with my hair? It's crazy. If the question does not apply to you, just completely skip it. Don't work too hard. Give me like the core answers. The reason it's so nice to have a, basically a form filled out instead of just like sending an email with a whole list of questions is things get lost in email. Things get buried in email. It's really hard to find. You can, or it can be hard to find. Uh, this questionnaire, you can just dump as a PDF. And, and so having that uh, on my phone on the day, like quick access is also very nice. So that reduces so much stress because it's got the final start time uh, for me to arrive, the end time when I can leave, uh, any surprises, the starting address locations, which is really key, uh, planner information if they have one, and uh, the, the family photo groupings. So if they have you know, a really special set of family that they want outside of the obvious, more immediate family stuff, uh, they've already listed those there for me. And yeah, the only time I get a little bit more stressed is because it's more work for me to have to ask questions and guess things on the day if clients forget or don't fill that questionnaire out, which does happen sometimes. But When I was shooting professionally, we used a questionnaire that had that same section on it of like family photo section, who needs to be in the photos and what. And the last wedding I shot was a was for a friend it was like a year or two ago i just shot a friend's wedding because they asked me to and i did not send them a questionnaire because it was kind of last minute like they were like hey we're getting married in like six days can you come through and i was like yeah no problem nice and i deeply regretted not making them fill out a questionnaire with five days notice and making it homework uh questionnaires game changer you deserve it yeah it's it's tough to just like make one out of thin air though uh that's for sure so which is why you should go to patreon.com slash sam photography <laughs> to like and subscribe to see sam's questionnaire no i it might even be a free post i have a lot of free posts 
sprinkled throughout that thing. So, how okay. many of those could I potentially steal and republish on glass? Here's Sam's <laughs> Sam's guide to wedding questionnaires. I'm really not Three. sure. Uh, I think you could uh, sort by free and see, and yeah, any of those are potential candidates. Um, especially older posts, I'm, I'm totally fine having stuff uh, be out there for free. After a while, everybody who uh, is an active patron has probably gotten way, you know, way more than enough value out of being there over time. So yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. What an exciting time! Okay, well, uh, so that's a new new guide. That coming to glass.photo from saying <laughs> getting people get like running the content calendar for glass is like easily the worst part of my job because people uh, get really excited about writing a thing for us but then it like falls through the cracks on their life or my side right so like oh, i'll yeah. need to edit something or they'll need something and then it's just it's just a mess managing people for words is always a mess I uh, went through a period of hiring people to, uh, I paid them a thousand bucks. I was like, hey, can you just write an interesting article, deconstructing a photo, talking about uh, anything? It, but it has to be yes, of some I can. substance. And, no. I can. I, I have some furniture yeah. I need to buy for this house. So uh, I'm, I'm available whenever you need. <laughs> I, I well, don't... this was years ago. Now it doesn't really work in my business model as well as it used to. But the problem was, yeah, I would I would get people who were just writing crap or nothing of interest or not at all. I'm like, geez, this is tough. I mean, F-Stoppers is paying people like 50 bucks for an article. What's going on here? Anyway, it's fine. DP Review is paying no one for articles. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Don't sell the Amazon, kids. That's the lesson. What's the most expensive mistake you've ever made? <laughs> um, I've, I have passive and active. Uh, most expensive passive mistake I ever made, left a camera bag in a car. A uh, car got broken into, and there went $21,000 worth of camera gear. It was luckily kind of injured, so I only had to cover like five or six grand. Uh, but I was on like a payment plan because it was not, and this is the worst part, my camera. It was it was a friend's camera gear bag that he oh, lent me gosh. for a shoot. And so I was on a payment plan where I just sent him a 50 bucks a month forever. Uh, <laughs> You're like, I'm still paying. Well, Dang. I was like, I was like 22 at the time. And he was, you know, a professional 30, 35. I'd met him in a workshop and he was just like doing me a solid and then you know so his like his cost for replacing it via his studio was like minimal he had insurance whatever but then there was still that gap and i felt bad and he was like you don't have to worry about it man it like shit happens and i was like oh i'm an adult and i promised and i care so i sent him 50 bucks a month for that's, like three years great. and then i got you know like randomly had enough money one day when i went to send him 50 bucks and was like ah and you know, just wiped it all out. Is theft like that really a mistake? It's not. It's not even your fault, really. I mean, yeah, if it was completely visible in a car, you're you're asking for it. But when something like that, so I was thinking back to in the trunk. So that's not a mistake. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I hate when people say, like, oh, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't have left it in the trunk. It's like, no, somebody shouldn't have fucking broken into my goddamn trunk and stolen all my shit. It's their fault, not mine. That anyway. is true. Actually, yeah. I take it back. Scott, you were wrong for making <laughs> me pay that back as a... No, he tried to not make it. I made me pay that. Daniel, younger Daniel, you were wrong. Uh, most expensive 
active mistake. Uh, accidentally drop kicked a uh, <laughs> um. uh, the accidentally drop kicked a um, eighty five one point two cannon off a cliff. Um, so I play I played soccer as a youth, uh, and so like okay. my I have great foot dexterity. Uh, okay. <laughs> So I was changing. We, I was on. A, I was on a shoot, oh. and um, okay. I was changing the lens, and I dropped it. And whenever I drop things, I try to break the fall with my foot. Uh, and so I successfully did that, and then it bounced off of my foot to not break and shatter, which is great. But it unfortunately then just rolled off the edge of the cliff into a creek that was like 50 60 feet down and that was the end of that did you even make an effort to retrieve it or was it no i saw the i i it was it was it was not an embankment that it was like a it was in idaho along a stop it it was in idaho along a very uh you know rapid river it was like the salmon river it's it's known for its whitewater rafting okay and, known um, for being excellent at destroying all lenses it yeah is. and like you know that that glass is big right like the yeah. 85 1.2 to get it to 1.2 the 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 lens itself is like a 87 or 88 or something like it's a it's a big millimeter buoy and uh i i definitely saw pieces just you know, like glass shards and and things flying off of it as it tumbled, and so I. Well, that's exciting. Uh, that is your fault. <laughs> that is my. That's that was that was a hundred percent my fault. If I just oh. let it drop, it would have just like hit the ground and maybe broke. But I could have repaired it for less than replacing it. Uh, but no, mm. I kicked it. I I gently kicked it off a ledge. Okay. Uh, I too had things stolen uh, mid-wedding, actually during family photos. Someone walked off with uh, my rolling bag of like backup camera gear that I just kind of keep near me. Like from the wedding, like a wedding. No, part. we were out in a semi-public area, and I even had the bag kind of close to me. But at some point, someone just walked by, I guess, and took it. I don't know what happened, but we. Were I would just actually people. like to believe that a groomsman stole it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he saw no, his moment. I, I, I think it was someone in the public. Uh, I, I mean, you know, how could you do that as a because the groomsmen and all them they were in the photos. Yeah, but it was mid family family photos, and I realized it. Was very grateful. I had everything I needed on my sling bag on me, including a flash, which I usually don't even touch at all until much later in the evening so i was able to shoot the whole day i didn't even tell the couple told them nothing about it they found out through someone else later and they sent me an email after a couple weeks saying thank you so much for not not telling us (laughs) because it would have ruined their day i was like yeah Yeah. of course no that 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 would have been awful i'm just so grateful i i wasn't screwed and like had to stop shooting or something because then did you investigate the photos like a forensic scientist is to see if you accidentally caught someone I, in the background or anything I did I, I look like crazy through yes exactly but no i didn't have anybody in the background i was framing things up nicely for the family photos to not have people in the background and the uh laptop that was in that bag as well oh, no. uh showed up on like apple will find me at some point and i locked yeah. the computer and and sent a message with the phone number like hey 
this is mine. And it was in California somehow. And they said, you know, so sorry, we just bought this MacBook Air from uh, someone on Craigslist. It was 800 bucks. Here's the listing. We can send you the computer if you want. This was like three years later. I was like, eh, I, mean, yeah. I don't care. No. <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, I was impressed that that actually showed up. They, uh, when we were leaving the Netherlands, a, a young uh, a young boy showed up with a thousand euros cash to buy the MacBook Pro that I was selling, and it was all counterfeit, hundred thousand oh, thousand no. euros. I didn't know that was wow. a thing. In uh, I don't know why I didn't think that was a thing, but like it was not a thing. I had to I had to give it to a Dutch friend to deposit it, so they could then send it to me because the bank I was using didn't have uh, it was an internet bank uh, bunk. Bunk Bank. Anyone looking for a recommendation for a bank? It's not Bunk. Bunk sucks. Never use Bunk for anything. I'm putting this in the show notes. The show notes are <laughs> going to say, do not use Bunk Bank for anything. They're not good. That shout out to Tom, who um, I accidentally <laughs> recommended Bunk Bank to. <laughs> oh, no. That was my mistake. Same anyway, language. B- B-U-N-Q. Do not use B-U-N-Q Bunk Bank. Uh, but yeah, so my friend took it to their real bank and deposited it, and I gave him like two or three thousand euros because we had sold a bunch of stuff. And he was like, "Yeah, I only have two thirds of it because um, a thousand of it was counterfeit." And I was like, "Oh my god, I know exactly who." And that was and that was that. Wow. I, yeah, I always wonder if I've ever ever had counterfeit money somehow. Just didn't realize. It just seems like it would be so impossible to. Um, even bother with pulling off these days like but i guess if you're doing a cash transaction via craigslist or something it's still or market plots market plots the, yeah oh market plots p-l-a-a-t dutch is not a real language i love you stefan but you're i mean all languages are made up so i guess that's also fair uh <laughs> you know anyway uh, onward. hey sam do you tell your couples about your insta 360 uh, behind the scenes footage and what you're using it for uh, so I occasionally strap a camera to my sling bag and hit record just to have footage in case I make any type of interesting photo I want to deconstruct or just share on social media. And the answer is no, I do not mention it to them. Uh, occasionally I would when I used to have a GoPro sitting on top of my camera. This is a lot more obvious then, like this giant thing. But <clears throat> especially since I've been doing this for a couple years now, I assume most couples understand and know that I will, I could maybe use a decon like a, a video for deconstruction, but it's so such a low profile thing because it's literally strapped in line on my already black sling bag. Uh, I think the vast majority of people don't even notice, uh, so that's nice. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, it's I'm never going to you know, post footage or, or anything that's like embarrassing to them. I would use the same amount of. Uh, judgment as I would any photo I was sharing from their wedding and so that's it in fact that footage has proven so useful I often get wedding clients you know it's more aimed at being a photographer to photographer piece of content you know it's useful little deconstructions and whatever but uh, oftentimes wedding clients bring it up during the meeting uh, you know before they decide to book me that they they've seen those and they really like having 
the wider context and information about what I'm doing and what the actual environment looked like. It really enlightens them and proves my value as to what I bring to the table versus maybe somebody less expensive or a friend who's offering to shoot their wedding. Like, you know, they, they just, Oh wow. I think you it, really uh, threw me under the bus there. Uh, as a friend that offers to shoot <laughs> <okay>. weddings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I like, I, I think there, I think there's a lot of useful information in there, right? Like it's, it's really good context because most people don't know what shooting like having their wedding shot as most people this is their first wedding and even if it's not it's not like you're going through even even if uh this is your second or third or fourth or fifth marriage right like that's still only five photo shoots that's not that many <laughs> you don't really know what's going on uh and so giving you know that that little bit of uh context and information is great also uh i would never tell anyone very specifically a bride or or a groom anything that they didn't absolutely need to know. They don't want any information from you other than yes. where to stand. <laughs> and so being like, oh, I've got a, I've got a camera here and we're recording stuff. It's going to be on my Instagram. Like they, they do not care about your Instagram in that moment. <laughs> the, the, there's definitely a ask, a ask forgiveness, not permission sort of thing. If someone has a problem with it in the future, it would be way easier to just take it down and apologize. Uh, then bring it up day of like day of, okay, I've got one more glass one. That's a good one to hit. Uh, and then I have a handful of fun camera stuff, so I'm I, I can carry us home okay. through the rest of our time. Unless you have any other good ones, let's roll through these. Power through. Um, let me just check. Okay, I think we're good. All right, is glass? Uh, how how far along are we doing for glass being financially stable for the founding team? Great question. Uh, we are further along than we thought we would be while also still not being where we want to be. Uh, so the part of the problem with this is that we're all very good at our jobs. And so, you know, like a, a common marker for profitability is um, if you quit your job, right? Like if I stop doing marketing and community for glass, could someone with my experience who is rehired to take my position be paid what we are paying me? No. Right, like the the which means we are not at real profitability because profitability is like paying the team based on their experience. Uh, but we are getting paid and we are uh, you know growing and we're all headed in the right direction. Uh, independent businesses have a trajectory on the internet of around three to four years before you find real product market fit and you have been in market long enough that people don't think you're going away and uh the bell curve of people who are willing to use a platform or a service uh greatly increases right now so like right right now we are in the um glass is almost two years old in market uh so we've been working on it for almost four years but we are uh, a couple of months away from being two years in market, which means we probably have another two years to go before we're like making what we would be making if we went and worked at you know, Facebook or Pinterest or whatever. I was going to say, it feels like it's been uh, around longer than that, but I guess it's like the, the image in my head is like, yeah, back all the way to when it was formed. But it's, yeah, you're still very, very young. Two years is nothing. Crazy. Yeah, August, August, uh, the second week of August is when uh, we launched. And so we are, <laughs> this August will be two years. And so when we look at how much we've launched over the last 16 months and how well things have gone, uh, we're thrilled. 
with our current positioning when we are exhausted and tired and you know we've been dealing with a problem and someone has emailed us and offered us you know a couple million dollars of investment or whatever and we're exhausted I'm not gonna lie that money looks good on those days but like in general most days we're very happy we're very uh thrilled with our position and it's just a grind and we know that and we're signing up for that you know like we signed up for that grind so we're we're still still going uh we think that this year um specifically the second half of this year will be a big uh driver for growth for us we're releasing a lot of new features over the next couple of months uh that we think will make glasses um value proposition a lot better in a in a way that someone will be like oh that's a no-brainer here's 30 bucks uh, we're excited nice. for that and then i'm doing just so much more marketing now that i'm in stateside right so like a lot of the work i've been doing over the last years have been internal marketing structure and uh product stuff and now that now that i'm physically in on the east coast and able to start holding meetups and things that are a lot safer outdoors uh we are becoming more of an outward facing marketing company such as having a podcast that's why you're here so Yep. It's we're gonna we're gonna start seeing uh, dividends for those seeds that we're planting now and have over the last six months. So uh, check in check in in a year. Uh, now nice. for the fun one, I saved this for last because this is f- for me and also you know someone uh, Marcus has been looking at the photos on glass that I have been posting from the GFX 100S uh, medium format camera. And okay. he is trying to decide if he should sell his Sony A7 4 or 5 or one of them. Some, okay. <laughs> some Sony, Sony, whatever. Sony doesn't make any medium format, so it's definitely... Yeah, it, it would be selling selling his entire kit to upgrade to the medium format Fujifilm. To which I say absolutely or or no it's up to you man i don't know <laughs> super helpful i know right so like okay I'm, mm. well i'm i'm kind of stuck too right i'm kind of stuck too right so i've had this i've had this camera for two weeks now uh i assume i'm going to have it for like another week or two before you will swoop <laughs> back in and be like hey maybe give that back to me uh and i'm madly in love right like i this is the most i've shot in a long time this is uh the way that i like to shoot right you know like there there are certain things about digital that make it really hard for me to get in a meditative mind state when i am walking around and taking photos and you know trying to be in that moment it's a lot easier for me to access that with this medium format camera than so I have a question. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm curious, this is from Marcus, this question? Yeah. Okay, I'm curious if Marcus has also asked about the lens that you're using and how you also yourself feel about the lens because I think it's the marriage of this old manual focus, beautiful lens that was made for 35 millimeter full frame cameras that happens to cover the entire uh, sensor of the medium format so you don't have to deal with cropping or, or really too extreme of a vignette 
And is it that's that combination of the modern digital camera with focus peaking and you can like zoom in if you want and all these things with that really old lens. Cause if that's the case, you might be unhappy with the same body and a Fuji lens that does autofocus right. or what have you. It certainly won't have the same look. Uh, so I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, there are two, there are two ways that I've been thinking about that. Um, one is I should probably come and borrow the lens that has autofocus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so I the don't. 85 1.8, I think. So it's like yeah. a 50 ish millimeter equivalent. Yeah. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> sure where it is. <laughs> it's somewhere, somewhere in your pile of lenses and lights. Uh, so part of, part of this is that like, I think that the manual focus is like hitting it really well, right? Like I, I think that that feeling and that slow, but it's also not a fast camera, right? Like because it's medium format, I have, you know, I have very nice SD cards in there, but it doesn't matter. You take six photos and your buffer's full, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you it's... can't do a hold down this button and then I will pick out the photo in post like that you can with every DSLR ever like you can with your sports camera that you use for wedding or even my like <laughs> Leica, you know, even, even the Leica Q2 will shoot fast enough if you tell it to that you, you don't have to focus on like waiting for the exact moment to hit the thing. Right. And then if you get it wrong, the moment's gone. That right? one's really pretty for the podcast listeners. I'm, I'm as Daniel's talking about this, I'm scrolling through his glass feed to see some of the images he's been making with the, it's like Jeep it's a, it is a it is a very fun camera. It slowed me down, and so there is this um, this fear that I'm uh, in love with the look, right? I'm in love with the lens, and when I buy my own, uh, I won't have this lens. Therefore, I won't actually love it as much. And so there, the, I also need to try something that I haven't done, and I don't know why I've never done this, but I need to just turn off autofocus on my Leica and take a photo walk and see if manual focus is the thing that I'm missing, <clears throat> if yeah. it's the files, because the files that come out of the medium format versus my full-frame Leica or my full-frame Nikon or my cropped uh, X100 TVU, whatever letter they're on now, uh, are all <laughs> very different, right? Like, the... <laughs> And, and like you can put a lot of um, camera profile and or preset on a photo in Lightroom and you can do a lot of you can do a lot with a modern raw file now but <laughs> there is something to be said for the depth and the amount oh, yeah. of pixels that you're getting with 100 megapixels that is just <sighs> it, it it is something to do with that, I think. Uh, but it's also, I'd be very curious now if you, because you, uh, the Hasselblad camera, which you also seem to enjoy, you haven't had the experience of shooting that with the 58 1.2 lens. And that is my personal favorite photo experience, uh, even more so than the Fuji. So you uh, left when, uh, when I was visiting Baltimore in January, Sam lent me uh, his Hasselblad with a adapted tilt shift lens on it, which was very yeah. fun, but also very heavy. <laughs> and I was terrified of taking it outside of his apartment. 
I was yeah, just... <laughs> it's a big rig. That's true. I I just didn't I don't I, I didn't have time or something to to grab. It, I mean, like it's fine. I I did not have a lot of energy. I was looking at houses and and deciding if we were going to move here or not. Not having time to take that, photo walks. Did but I say that meant that I didn't get experience? That been, that's the rig I've been using to train uh, to, to to have source photos to train. Uh, stable diffusion to create anyway yeah it, it's it's a very unique combo <laughs> so but it is un, unruly so yeah uh sorry to interrupt but i just i didn't know if you knew why i had that very unique pairing of a 24 millimeter tilt shift with a uh you know medium form camera that's very susceptible to rolling shutter effects yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of like information here so i'm trying to figure out which part of this that i'm actually enjoying right like is it having the added latitude of these extreme file sizes is it the fact that it's a little bit heavier or a little bit harder to shoot with is it the manual focus is it a combination of all of the above right is it also that i moved and i finally have energy again right you know like the first mm. thing i've been recovering from moving and getting settled in our house and you know changing countries and getting our dogs their vet appointments and whatever so like the first time that i had energy the day i woke up and i was like i feel good enough to do something is when i came to say hello to you in person right. and you lent me this camera right so like that would have ideally been the first day that i had energy to shoot anywhere right like I, I my my shooting was at an all-time low for the last month until about two weeks ago when I had energy right or when I recovered from a yep. uh, traumatic long move and so now it's like oh would I feel this much joy if I had just been shooting with my Leica this whole time Pro I mean probably right like I know that I would still feel good because I'm making and creating and feeling great about it uh, speaking of, shout out to last week, we went with the newspaper club. We, we, oh, we, nice. we went the with the newspaper club, uh, I'm so glad. and, uh, my, my zine is in progress, uh, newspaper print coming soon to a web store near you. And so like, I'm making, you know, I'm making this nice zine with all the images that I've made with the GFX and which part of this is contributing to my mood and which part of this is because of the actual equipment and it's hard for me to care right like mm, that's <laughs> at, a good point at, yeah. at some point it's it i i can keep like rationalizing and trying to figure out which is which but instead i think i'd rather just kind of ride this wave of feeling yeah. great and like making and kind of go with uh you know go with the flow in that area and then figure it out after when mm -hmm. i'm not still in it but like this morning was the first morning i didn't take a walk to go out and shoot photos in the first time in two weeks that I haven't shot mm. with the camera yet, right? <laughs> Chances are I'm going to do it this afternoon, right? And then that's great. So I don't want to... It's interesting. I, it's, the, the, it's always been a fun sort of mind fuck to think about the... Because I've gone through this since learning music you get a new guitar and you're like oh my god this is so fun guitar is amazing this is great and then yeah after some time maybe that wears off so you get another guitar and this is why people in their 60s have rooms full of guitars <laughs> uh, because sometimes that can be the case we've talked about this i don't know if they were some of the pre-released recordings or not but you acquire something new and it does have usually the effect of motivating you for a little while because you've just spent all this money it's a new fun thing for your brain blah 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 
it's why I've had to be very careful over the years of making sure if I review a lens or a camera body, I give a ton of time between when I bought the thing and when I'm writing the review. This is inherently an issue with any reviewer that, you know, that they are compelled to get something out right away to be the first person to review yeah. this thing because you're generally going to get a traffic spike that way. But then the, you, it's impossible to have a faithful sense of really is this worth buying for you or me? Is this actually better than what I had before? Is it just the newer thing? It's a tough uh, conversation to have honestly with yourself just because you have an implicit bias that's going to be skewed no matter what. And that's why I loved where you took it with your final thought. It's like, does it matter? Do I need to have this answer? No, I think that's the, the right answer is just who cares. But I would be curious to see how you like the Hasselblad, which is even a slower, more restrictive camera. And if you like that even more, or if the Fuji becomes your favorite, because the Hasselblad doesn't have any shutter curtain, no mechanical shutter at all. The rolling shutter is very intense. So you have to only photograph still subjects or and be still yourself with your camera movements. Otherwise yeah. you get this little jelly wiggle because it's, it's tough. And uh, specifically with the Fuji, I know uh, just last week, a photographer who's <laughs> trying to get into luxury weddings and so wants to have a more expensive camera, which I don't think is actually necessary to do luxury weddings, but whatever. Uh, he bought an entire Fuji rig and is unhappy with it because the auto with the autofocus, it's so slow that it, it just you almost can't even use it for weddings. Oh, yeah. I absolutely would not shoot a an event uh, that right. has moments that you can't miss, right? You know, like I would shoot a happy hour or something, but like, yeah. Um, I yeah. have slipped focus so many times with how shallow the focus plane is on this thing that it doesn't, no way I would shoot a kiss, even like wide open at like F16. I would still be like, no, nah, I'm going to miss it. <laughs> right? like, I would totally shoot a kiss. I would be per perfectly comfortable with that. But it's uh, very exciting to see that you've enjoyed it so much. I loved looking through your feed uh, just now and seeing, uh, especially... It seems like you uh, have a tendency to want to shoot a little more stop down. I don't know what settings because they don't get, it's not coded in the lens to talk to the camera. So it all just says F1.0, but I assume you're doing a nice mix of aperture. I don't know. It's uh, it's usually between uh, 1.2 and like 2.8. Those are my two okay. that like I really care about. But then when I'm shooting a scene that I know I'm in danger of slipping the focus on and I like it's a slow thing or like the light is playing off a car really well, that sort of thing, I will do a twist it to F8, 5.6, 2.8, and 1.2 and then shoot all of them and then pick my favorite in post but almost always i'm picking whatever's uh the most open because cool. i and, i don't know it and it good. is worth noting for anybody else listening the hasselblad 907x50c camera body is the same sensor as the fuji one gfx 100s uh, i think they're both sony sensors but each company has their own I assume, you know, interpretation of the color information and all that. So the, they both edit beautifully, but in like slightly different ways. And I'm still on the fence as to which one I like more. I think I still like the Hasselblad colors more, to be honest. But that um, is, I mean, that's really exciting news for me in my opportunity of holding on I'm to the camera film a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. You won't, you won't miss it as much. So when I accidentally slip into, oh, Daniel's had that camera for a month. Who can say? 
more than that more than that camera i missed the lens that is what i would be first most likely to get back from you is that i've been debating for years about buying a second copy of that lens just because they're becoming so insanely rare especially ones that are in decent condition but i just can't bring myself to they're up to like four grand now 4500 maybe wait what (laughs) oh yeah that lens is very expensive I had no idea. I thought this was like a nifty 50, like $100 oh, no. bullshit lens. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, God. Of course, it, of course, it's nice. You have always, <laughs> you always find ways to surprise oh, me, no. Sam. Uh, Marcus, to answer your question, I don't know. Uh, go with what you feel. Like, do you, are you, are you finding yourself having trouble to shoot? This doesn't even count because Marcus is uh, on his second consecutive 365 project uh he he like started it when he joined class and has been shooting you know every day and he's on day like 450 now or something like that 465 75 somewhere in there uh and it's like it's beautiful i was marcus while we're talking directly to you i was (laughs) deeply worried about what i would do as me uh, the community manager of Glass when you stop posting every day because I enjoy it so much. It's such a nice little, hey, because a lot of people like Marcus. They talk to Marcus. He takes really incredible photos of Sweden, uh, nice long exposures, gorgeous uh, landscape work in weird urban areas, desolate things. It would translate very well to medium format. Uh, do you need to, Marcus? I don't know, man, but I'm just glad. I'm just glad you're making, glad you're shooting. I feel like I ummed less. Did I um less? I, I never know until I don't, I do it too. It's something I have to specifically practice just taking a breath instead of the um. And once you are really in a thought, it's very tough to hear yourself talking as you're talking and keep like the next thing ready in your in your brain conversationally it's tough i'm gonna do one quick last scan at some of these questions make sure there's not any like good rapid fire easy thing to uh do oh here's one imagine you move to a place where nobody knows you how would you start promoting your business (laughs) no okay we're not gonna end on that it's gonna take oh no i can do that super fast do it uh if you are shooting senior portraits you go to a high school you volunteer to shoot their team photos for free so you go up and you shoot their softball team their football team their uh what you know whatever sports teams they have you shoot them all you do it in uh you know like conga style line of everyone show up is sports photo day you do that for free you design their posters for free and then you give them their posters they print them it has your name on the bottom and every single person also gets returned their photo of them looking all badass in their uh like tennis uniform or band uniform and then you will randomly get dozens and dozens of bookings that year from the seniors and juniors that are graduating or moving up a year so that was how you would do it if you were um shooting a if you did senior portraits if you did family portraits it's that same style of thing right like show up to family events have a photo booth at a family event or like a kite festival or some sort of family festival have a free photo booth people will get their quick portraits taken and then they will use that information to find you when it's time for them to book again wedding photography is a little harder because you have to shoot uh weddings and you have to market weddings sam's idea of commenting on the leaving google reviews uh on the venues is a really good idea but that only works if you have 
shot there before. And I've been trying to think something. about a way to like ethically and, and logically leave a review for a place of like where you maybe want to shoot someday. <clears throat> I, you I, could like shoot nice architecture photos of the place be like this is a really wonderful event yeah. venue without people in them and just do detail shots and then I, I think link that mentioning way mentioning within the review itself like uh, like i i came to this place uh blah 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 i really love it i'm also a wedding photographer so i'm dying to shoot a wedding here or something yep. like that just can't, make it known can't wait to shoot a wedding here yeah is a really good one maybe uh, yeah some some establishing shots of like the architecture and then a couple of wedding photos that are just random because i think if people read the description that'll that'll click in their mind of what you're doing here you're not trying to fake it but it's genuine and that is probably the best approach but you still need to have some photos to start with to do that so other than that there would be google you do if you need to get still building your portfolio and or trying to build up a network of people within there find a photo meetup and or hold your own photo meetup uh google search you know Baltimore wedding photographers cold email every single person that shows up in the first hundred results say hi I'm new to town if you ever need a second shooter I'd love to work with you here's my work love to meet up for coffee pick your brain about the local area there's enough you know like rising tide raises all ships there's enough weddings to go around etc it's not a competition that sort of thing uh try and get a few friends in the industry that are local to you that's it it's easy Big thing with um, approaching as a second shooter, I tell people, uh, I don't know how well this works, but I've seen it work for myself, is typically if you're emailing someone who's established, uh, they already have a nice list of their regular go-to second shooters. So without being weird or too intense or annoying, I think it's important to do a check-in regularly. So you're sort of popping up on the radar because there will come one day one wedding weekend where either it's a last minute booking or their their go-to list of second shooters just nobody's available and as long as uh you have kind of consistently uh punched through the noise of like hey i'm here i'd like to second shoot with you uh you're way more likely to be remembered and uh reached out to in that pinch of a moment also engaging through uh instagram or glass or something with that photographer's content just like random comments here or there can really be helpful uh, in terms of just making yourself known because you will likely not hear back from anybody who's already established and you're just like hey i want a second shoot for you that's yeah also with the let's go get coffee pick your brain type of thing anybody who's particularly established uh, would probably normally charge for that uh in fact that's generally my favorite times of actually meeting somebody out in the world is when photography we talk about photography but it's not like a brain drain because i've done like coffee meetups and stuff in my early years where i'm just suddenly realizing oh this is like a brain drain of just hanging out yeah. and that's not i thought i was making me. a friend and suddenly they <laughs> yeah. know everything about me <laughs> yeah. and how i work <clears throat> so you want to be mindful of that you know maybe explicitly say like we can talk photography but i'm just like trying to make friends something like that uh, just so that there's no risk of that uh, occurring because more than welcome to talk about photography but if you're literally asking me you know, business questions, which has happened before, um, gets a little awkward. And that's why I don't say yes to those as often as I used to. But that's a great answer. I love what you said about the the portrait stuff. That makes wonderful sense. I've also seen a lot of people have real success marketing mini sessions. So keeping it, especially for families, real quick, 
uh, have really clearly defined time slots that people can, can sign up for, and everybody comes to you in one spot, a park or wherever you can feel comfortable and have you know, free access to and then just cycle through like 15 20 minute little family sessions something like a portrait session that's also way easier for families to say yes to 15 or 20 minutes they could probably do that with a couple kids uh, yeah. a lot of times a big old family session that's an hour or two long can be like ooh, we really have to carve this out for our schedule uh, so minis are, are actually a really powerful tool and it's easy for you because you can hopefully just sit there for like four hours and rake in yeah, minis are also a great, uh, great purchase for advertising, like doing meta advertising. You know, throw fifty bucks or a hundred bucks on Instagram ads or Facebook ads, and keep it like very tight to a couple of zip codes and a couple of age groups and has kids and right. Like, if you're doing families or weddings or whatever, like keep it, keep it as tight as you can. Uh, and then for headshots. Uh, industry events so go to you know volunteer at something that is adjacent to people needing uh, headshots or or like setting up a booth at somewhere that would need updated headshots but isn't something that you're thinking about you know like an HVAC convention or uh, you know refrigerators monthly meetup or whatever right like (laughs) it doesn't matter the people people still need headshots just because you're not just because you don't think it's a very specific normal photography thing that's that's a really great way to build up a client list quickly because then everybody needs photos man everybody needs photos what the what a world eventually okay that was good that was a good run we're over i need to edit this like now so (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right well i appreciate you sam appreciate you bye